Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on February the 5th, 2013. For newcomers, I always suggest at the beginning of the broadcast, rather than pester you all the way through, to go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and you'll find lots and lots of audios for free download. You'll also find transcripts and all these sites listed for print-up two of the talks I've given over the years. And if you go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, you can find transcripts in other languages to choose from. But remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you, because I've got no personal stake in any corporations or businesses or anything like that. I don't get backed by advertisers or paid by anybody for doing this. So it's up to you, the listeners, to help me uh, just uh, creak along here. And it's creaking at the moment, actually, with inflation and all the rest of it. Uh, to bring you these stories because it's very, very important to get a different push and, and a view on things uh, as to what's really happening in the world, in the big, big picture. Although you can't go into every detail because some of them are verboten, basically, in this day and age. But I do my best to give you uh, lots of information as to what's really happening, where it's all going. I go through the history of the organizations that at least came to the fore in the early 20th century, late 19th century, in fact and formed big, giant, uh, charitable foundations, foundations, they call themselves private organizations, that would be a parallel government when they all work together to bring in their own kind of world order, obviously funded from the beginning by the big international bankers because their names are all mentioned in it, and they lent to countries. They weren't your, weren't your little sort of corner store or corner street bankers. And they, they knew they could hire armies of non-governmental organizations that would persistently lobby governments. They could also, also put their own guys in Parliament and, and uh, in Congress and even across the whole world and all their politics, which they have done. They've actually selected prime ministers and presidents for about 100 years now, I suppose, uh, Courtney Quigley, who was their own personal historian. They do have a personal historian that comes from foreign relations. And... Uh, he got access to their records, and he was all for their agenda too. So I go into the, their, their big plan to take over the world's resources, how they would see humans, they already saw humans as human resources, were natural resources that replenish yourselves, quite cheap to, to, to keep uh, care of, basically. In fact, you don't have to put any outlay on them at all. And once they've taken all your Medicare away, uh, you'll have, have no outlay at all. It's all profit from you. That's your job to serve the system, to obey the system, to produce and consume and pay taxes. And the United Nations has said, too, that if you're not a producer and consumer, then you're a bad citizen, a world citizen. You're not a good one. So that's why they're going for the elderly now as well, to try to grab all their pensions and to get them the cyanide pill, basically, rather than simply allowing them to die in their own time. And it's much, much cheaper that way, according to all the experts at the top. They call themselves bioethicists, which is the new name for, for eugenics and eugenicists. So help yourself to the audios and the, and the information I've put up there. Remember, too, you can donate to me or you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. 
And from the U.S. to Canada, personal checks are still good, as are international postal money orders from the U.S. to Canada. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world. You've got Western, Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. As I say, straight donations are awfully, awfully seriously welcome. But you're going through the great transitions. They always give names to the big changes. You got the New Deal when they put in FDR, and they did put in FDR because they collapsed the banks then too to cause a crisis, which it did to change the system. Before that, they caused three bank crashes in the late 1800s into the early 1900s. Uh, in order to get the Federal Reserve put in, that was going to be the solution to it. And, and of course, the, the solution is always to further their own agenda, not to help you at all. And we've seen the outcome of that. Now, the music's coming in, so we'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix, talking about the system as it really is, and, and the, st- the stage we're at now, of course, that was planned probably 50 or 80 years ago, uh, was when you go through the great transition, they call the 21st century the century of change, and this was talked about in the last century by all those in high academia, this was to be the century of change, and it was the changes that they wanted to bring through for a long, long, long time. Uh, for a global society, global governance by experts and all the rest of it, and uh, replacing all religions, to, well, almost all religions, one's different, and and also uh, immediate obedience by the public, using psychology, neuroscience, and so on, to dominate the thoughts of the public via media, education, and so on, which works awfully well. It's called uh, scientific socialism indoctrination, as Bertrand Russell called it, and he did have some of the first experimental schools back in the 1920s. So it works awfully, awfully well. And when you're indoctrinated, you don't know you are. In fact, you get vehemently angry uh, uh, when people come up with certain topics and, and contradict what you what you really truly believe. And you don't realize you've been taught to believe certain things by by selected information, not by all information on any particular topic, but selected information. It can completely sway the way that they think about anything at all. And it's used in academia, it's used in your indoctrination at school, it's used through um, cartoons and even children's stories because they get paid, actually, novelists to bring in the, the political correct updates and to put them in your novels. They actually get paid extra cash for all that. They have for as long as I've been alive, so... This is on, ongoing all the time. And I've mentioned before, too, that I knew people in Toronto, for instance, who had, uh, uh, had uh, kind of uh, clubs. There were clubs, really, like bars almost. And they were funded by the government, I found out, where a lot of musicians would go in and they had to sing very radical songs. And I thought, what's this awfully like New York, the old, the old village, and, and all that kind of stuff where they're pushing communism. And I got talking to the, the people who ran it, and they said that they had to push radical songs for change because um, that was a government stipulation for the grants. They had to be for radical change. Now, radical change is a term that they used to use, but it's for the overthrow of all existing theories, ways of life, uh, the family unit, culture, the whole thing. That's what it was all about. That's what radical change means. And your own governments have been paying these things for since about the 1960s or onwards, probably. I don't know how long they've been at it. Probably longer. And all countries that signed the United Nations treaties back in 1946 uh, were all into putting money aside for pushing radical change. 
And the people, the general population, the masses, the herd, as they're called, have no clue, have no clue that there's a massive scheme to upset and change, radically change and destroy all that was to bring in the new, the new system that was planned a long, long, long time ago. But uh, many tricks are used and, and crises are always used to get radical change through as well. Not just the, the plodding method on a social scene, but they also use wars. Uh, for instance, the Royal Institute of International Affairs and, and Reed Quigley's book, the, Mar- the Anglo-American Establishment, excellent book where he talks about how they set up this big foundation. They set up uh, literally wars. They caused the Boer War. They brought it on so that Britain would be forced to come in using their tax money and their troops to take over. over. And, of course, the big boys themselves who started the war would then have the diamond fields and the gold to themselves. But they didn't want to stop there. They wanted to take up for all the resources of the world. And it's still ongoing today. So everything can be explained if you know where to look. And, and again, you have to get outside the box, which is your indoctrination from school. To get through school, you have to basically be, um, at least if you've got intelligence at all, give them the answers they want to hear, they'll give you little gold stars, and they'll give you your quality approval stamp uh, that you're safe to go out into their uh, workforce and work for them. If you're a real thinker, you will to disguise this or you'll get drugged. If you have uh, leadership abilities, you will definitely get drugged. That was that was back a hundred years to bring this, uh, this, this particular type of catching people at school. They would drug you. And that's happening today. And that was quite commonplace. And again, through and good, good propaganda and massive media pushing uh, all of the drugs and so on and the necessity of drugging their children has been done and accomplished. Young boys generally can't sit in school for very long. They're not girls. Regardless of what's happening today with the big push in the scene, to me, you're awfully confused. The fact is boys are not girls. And they tend to have more energy when they're young and they, they jump around a lot and do and, and get rid of their energy. But now they want them to be just like the girls, and if they can't sit for an hour or two hours on their, without fidgeting, uh, they get them drugged, you see. If they ask too many questions, or they, they're contradicting the teachers because they've read something else something along, along the way, they'll get drugged, you see. So be very careful in school for all the, all the young ones who are listening to me. Be very, very careful. Because there really is a, 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 an intense effort to find out who you are, if you're a thinker at all. And if you put things together, it's very dangerous, very, very dangerous time to be young. Now, one of the great uh, crises are causing, and again, too, I've read all the articles. I could put them all up tonight again to do with big boys at the top, all the big foundation leaders and the, the climate groups that are all for the global warming and, and carbon dioxide and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, mentioning it's all bogus, and some, one of them actually said in, in the Korean Parliament, she says, well, if, even if it is all bogus, she says, we can bring equality across the world. But see, the whole point of it is to rake in lots and lots of money off of you from carbon taxes, energy taxes, and to control all of you under the guise of, of spreading it across the world, which is the redistribution of wealth, which is Marxist, you see. You're along, you're still going along the Marxist agenda. Marxism didn't uh, cast out billionaires at all. Complete bogus, all the stuff that Marxism was against the ultra-rich, not at all. And even in Soviet Union, when they brought it up, there were private banks too. And the private banks could actually use American dollars, which is amazing. amazing. They got lots off. In fact, when they folded the Soviet Union, they, the, the few that had it ran out with billions and cleaned up Russia. And they went to America. 
and Britain. Anyway, Marxist uh, philosophy does not discount multimillionaires at all. In fact, many of the multimillionaires were actually promoting it at the top, which doesn't make a surprise because it's all a con game. Marxism was a front for a new dominant minority to take over, which was already happening back then, and it's completely happened now. Anyway, it doesn't stop them using crisis to, to scam you for more and more and to get ways to control the whole way that you live from birth to death. That's what it's about, controlling the way you live and bring you into austerity in a post-consumerist society, as they said at their big think tank at the Club of Rome that works for the United Nations. So uh, they're still pushing it, and it says, breaking an encouraging admission of lower climate sensitivity by a hockey team scientist, remember the hockey stick graph that they faked, along with new problems for the IPCC. won't make any difference because this is a, they got to get this through, they put everything on it, and they will get it through because I don't care if God himself came down and told them they're, they're liars and they're wrong. They'll have to nuke them, you see. This is how they are. So I'll put this link up tonight and all these other following links up tonight at cuttingthroughthemedics.com. But here's one here, and it's, and it's from a tr- the Toronto Post. It says, Arctic ice growth blows away all records. Yep. It says Arctic ice areas increased by 10.5 million square million kilometers since mid-September uh, 2012. 10.5 million. But you see, it won't matter. It really won't matter uh, be, uh, how much it does because uh, this is a mandate. And of course, all the big boys at the top, they're already stinking rich around the world. They're already making millions and billions off their carbon credits that were given for free uh, from from the governments and the EU as well, Parliament. All courtesy of you, of course, is from your taxes that were given to get it kicked off, to get it started. And they're already trading them like cards and making lots of money, even though they're claiming it's a crisis and it's all falling apart. No, it's not. It's just to get more money thrown at them to get, to get more free credits, you see. That's what it's for. Everything's a con in this world. I call it conology. It's a great art, actually, if you can study it. And so anyway, this is the Arctic ice growth. Uh, it just breaks all the records that they've been keeping for a long, long time. It doesn't matter, though. And also, too, some of the big news is the Justice Department memo reveals a legal case for drone strikes on Americans. And it says that um, the confidential Justice Department memo concludes that the U.S. government can order the killing of American citizens if they are believed to be senior operational leaders of Al-Qaeda or an associated force. That's a dangerous part because anything can be put into associated force. Even if there's no intelligence indicating they are engaged in an active plot to attack the U.S. Hmm. So like, be careful about complaining about the U.S. in the future, folks. Right? Just don't complain because it's coming. It is coming. The 16-page memo, and I'll put the link up tonight for it too, a copy of which was obtained by NBC News, provides new details about the legal reasoning behind one of Obama administration's most secretive and controversial policies. It's dramatically increased use of drone strikes against al-Qaeda suspects abroad. That's suspects, remember. That's killing you before a trial. <laughs> Including those aimed at American citizens, such as the September 2011 strike in Yemen that killed alleged al-Qaeda operatives Anwar al-Laki and Samir Khan. It's amazing. Some of these guys have been killed ten times, according to the press, over the years. Both were U.S. citizens who had never been indicated by the U.S. government nor charged with any crimes. Dangerous time to be alive, isn't it? 
Isn't it dangerous? And I'll put this up tonight too, as I say, and the actual article itself from the government. And also too, um, be careful about your smart meters. They're arresting people now who complain, uh, who don't want smart meters coming in. Now, remember, a smart meter is controversial because it's supposed to interact smartly, you see, with every new item that's got the chip in it in your household to tell the big boys how much you're using and what you're using, when you're using it, and all the rest of it. They can do more than that, actually. They can interconnect with each other. I read it from an Israeli paper, and they can actually um, see who's in the room with you by putting out waves, like radar, and watching what you're up to. But now they're arresting folk who don't want the meters. They use microwave energy, a lot of it too, as they pulverize your brain. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about smart meters. And it's amazing how far they've gone with it all. Mind you, it was all planned before we got them, exactly what it was there to do. And it's a spy in your home, basically, it's spying on you. And it's also blasting you with microwave. And you see, everything's contractual in the system. Technically, they're supposed to tell you to sign a new contract with them. So that you don't mind getting bombarded. That way if you get cancer or something and go senile, then it's, you, you have no case against them. You see, it's a contract, you agreed. Uh, but they don't give you anything like that at all. They just come uh, quietly and, and uh, it only takes them about 10 seconds to unscrew with three screws, pull out the old uh, thing in, in next to your house there uh, and stick in the new one and that's it. There's no wiring or nothing. It just goes straight in and uh, where the new meter is. So uh, they do it without your consent, and uh, technically I've given them consent already by a strange law that if you get electricity on your land, uh, many authorities, including government, can then come into your land or onto your land. It's a strange old law, but I found that it's true. But anyway, it says that the, the vocal opponents of Naperville, as part of Chicago, initiative to install wireless electric meters on homes were arrested after interfering with the installation process, according to city officials. So police are accompanying, uh, and accompanying, are accompanying the crews, the installation crews this week, as install smart meters at homes that previously sent away installers. The previous installation attempts were met with some resistance, and we want to ensure employees' safety, city manager Doug Krieger said. And it says Naperville has installed smart meters on 57,000 homes and is about 99% through with the process. Officials have said the project will make the electric system more reliable and efficient and reduce costs. Oh, I love the stuff that they give you. More reliable and efficient, eh? As they spy on you. And it's not for the electric company. It's way above that, too. They pass it on and sell it. However, it says the Naperville Smart Meter Awareness Group has expressed concerns over whether the wireless meters will affect health, security, and privacy. It's already admitted it's going to affect all of that. The group has a federal lawsuit pending against the city. The two women were arrested Wednesday as our leaders of the group. This is Malia Kim Bendis of the 2200 block of Mercer Court was charged with two misdemeanors. Listen to this one. This is an heard this one before. Attempted eavesdropping and resisting a peace officer. I guess she wanted to hear what they were prattling about before they were going to arrest her. And Jennifer Stahl of the 1400 block of West Glen Drive received two ordinance violations, uh, citations interfering with a police officer and preventing access to customer premises. So it says here that there's a 68.35 initial fee for a non-wireless meter 
So you have to pay to be spied on, right? Uh, plus a 24.75 monthly fee for manually reading it, you see? Which they did all along without charging that extra fee, right? Actually, have they lowered their prices because they're not supposedly reading it manually? Of course they've not. That's just another fee on top of it. Star said residents who want a non-wireless meter should not have to pay for it and said she represents other homeowners who are not able to continue to refuse the wireless meter installation. So... I'll put this also up tonight too, but I mean it's gone all, all over the world right now because that's the agenda. See, we're all slaves to the new system. It's about slavery, folks, and spying on you. Uh, the very first article I saw in Canada about them coming into Canada was years ago, and they said uh, that um, they'll be able to turn off your electricity if they c- claim they're using too much for your position, and it's for whatever you do, as a homeowner or whatever. Now, that's Marxism again, if you didn't get it, you see, because Marxism was a con. It was a front for something, actually, for another people, actually. And it was a front also for the totalitarian system to be run by experts. And you're all the herd, the cattle, you see. And Marx also uh, talks about um, being run by this professional groups and all the rest of it. You couldn't go on as normal. Uh, be all governed by experts at the top, and you'd simply obey them. And And... That's what it is. You've got a, a form of Marxism by the big boys who own everything today. All, all, the, all the energy supplies of the world, they own. That's what they're doing. And they say there's many energy companies. I bet there's not. I bet if you found out the major shareholders of all of them, they're the same guys. Understand? It gives you the appearance of competition. But the way they cut off your, your energy, Marx said it, as I said. He said that each according to his needs. So they'll decide what your needs are. You understand that? It's all, it all works together. It's no coincidence. It's not at all. So I'll put this up tonight too for those who care. And also too, the government plans an amusement city for Abbottabad. Abbottabad is called. It says Peshwar. The government is planning to build a $30 million amusement park with a zoo and adventure sports facilities at Abbottabad, officials said Monday. Now, this is a big place they're building, and it's, of course, where they claim that they, that, uh, that they actually killed a lot of folk with drones on there. And I think they also said that's where Osama was caught. Uh, so they're building an amusement park. There's a statement for you. Now it's going to be a sort of Disneyland amusement park, because the whole thing's been amusement, hasn't it? It's been a complete fantasy, hasn't it? It says that uh, Al-Qaeda chief Osama bin Laden was killed by U.S. Special Forces in the town May 2nd, 2011, if you want to believe it. I can die long before that. But anyway, uh, there's a Disneyland future park for where they killed bunches of children and all the rest of it. It's an apt memorial, mind you, in this day and age. And also David Bellamy, who was a really quite the character as botanist who had a long-standing programs, a series on BBC, and he wasn't a pair of either, and that was the reason they didn't kick him out, but he wouldn't join them. But also, he he wouldn't go along with the global warming, you see. And so they kicked him out. You have to be on board with all of this, or they, or they, oh, they persecute you. They'll actually call you a heretic. So they've got great terminologies to use against you. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're going through the big system. And I'm mentioning to the David Bellamy, as I say, that was kicked out of the BBC for saying it was all a farce, his global warming and all the rest of it, and the CO2 scam. Uh, he's been asked to, to give a, a lecture at uh, Buckingham Palace. No kidding. No kidding. And says so the Duke of Edinburgh invited climate change. Heret- they even used the word again here, heretic. It's like a smear campaign when you use techniques like that, you see. David Bellamy to Buckingham Palaces. And he says that um, the Prince of Wales warned in March 2009 that there were less than 100 months to act. Remember that one? March 2009, Prince Charlie, Charlie Boy, you know. Uh, that there's less than 100 months to act to save the planet from irreversible damage due to climate change. Remember that? His father is known to be more sceptical. It says, now the Duke of Edinburgh has invited Britain's best-known global warming heretic. Here it goes again. This is how you get taught in school, too. They give you a label, and you naturally have a nasty, oh, oh, what's a nasty character, Rob, before you even know his name, to give a lecture at Buckingham Palace. And Bellamy, who described last month how the BBC froze him out when he dismissed global warming, warming as poppycock, is to give the inaugural David Bellamy lecture at the palace next month. Prince Philip is holding the event as honorary fellow of the Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management. Not bad, eh? Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management. It's amazing, too, to privatise all the water in Britain. I remember years ago when the, the bill was passed by a bunch of MPs, there were five or six of them in the House of Commons, uh, who immediately left the government when it was passed, and, and they just ended up owning the water supply because they formed a corporation. Of course, there's, there's no inquiry into that kind of stuff, is there, eh? But that's why they were put in there by the big boys anyway, you see. Everything's about this. You see, got to own everything that you need. So I'll put that up tonight too, and to see how David uh, Bellamy gets on. But anyway, it's interesting too, because, uh, I mean, uh, Prince Philip, you know, I wonder if you'll hear anything at all. He's generally in the sauce, you know. He's well known to be in the sauce down in the wine cellar there. It, all his life, actually, sometimes sometimes gets dragged up out of it. But that's just the way it goes at the top. I guess you're allowed to do that, you know, at that kind of level. And also, Stephen Chu, who was the Energy Secretary for Obama, is stepping down, it says. He's a guy who helped throw out the cash there that all you saw going down on the drain with all the, the, the new experimental ways of getting energy. And we saw all the big comp- companies get bombarded with billions of dollars, which they all just supposedly disappeared in the loss and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I guess he's stepping down, but he'll get bumped up to something bigger in some private corporation. Probably they put a few million dollars towards. That's how it works, isn't it? And also this article, too, is to do with mercantilism. It says, uh, politics is shaping mineral supply as a new mercantilism. And it says Cape Town and uh, politics is shaping the world, mineral supply and mercantilism. An economic doctrine which encourages each country to fend for itself was rearing its head, it says. Humphreys told the invest, uh, investing in African mining in, in Dabba, uh, it's called, I guess, a company, that investors were feeling short-changed and an analysis were expected capital investment in mining to be constrained in 2013 as a result. We're looking down the barrel of a new type of mercantilism and markets are inherently more political, he said. See, the governments are owned by the big boys who own the corporations. They probably never visit the corporations they own. They just own them. It's like Wall Street. Remember the movie? Uh, we don't make anything. We just own them all. You know. 
So I'll put this up tonight too to show you how everything works together, including all politics as well, uh, to make these things happen. Oh, not for, for you, not for the benefit of the public. They pretend to, to sell of serve, look at the money they rake in as politics, eh? But anyway, uh, it's just to, it's to help their bosses that put them in there in the first place, into politics. Household water, talking about water again, getting back to water supply in Britain, uh, they're going to, the average household water and sewage bill in England and Wales is set to increase by 3.5%. So they get money from, you know, what comes in and what goes out, you know. Uh, but uh, I'll put this one up as well to show you. Everything's going up, you see. Once they privatize it, or to make it cheaper and more efficient, all that, you know, it's going to manage it more efficiently. Uh, mind you, you build the whole system up with your tax money. So do your grandpa and maybe even your great-grandpa in some countries. Uh, and then they privatize it without your consent and, and hand it to the boys for pennies. It's really a, a token they give it to them for, a token, just to make it a legal contract. All, 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 millions of taxpayers for generations paid to, to create all these structures and they hand it over, eh? Is it wonderful, eh? Isn't it wonderful being in this wonderful time of transition? And also, too, it's come out to the CIA renditions and, uh, it says here that, um, more than a quarter of countries offered covert support and this is, the report's release appears time to coincide with uh, John Brennan's uh, choice to head the CIA with his confirmation. It says, um, the full extent of the CIA's extraordinary rendition programs has been laid bare with the publication of reports showing there is evidence that more than a quarter of the world's governments covertly offered support. A 213-page report compiled by the Open Society Justice Initiative. I'll put the link up tonight to show you all who they were. A New York-based human rights organization says that at least 54 countries cooperated with a global kidnap, detention, and torture operation that was founded or mounted after 9-11, many of them in Europe. It says so widespread and extensive was the participation of governments across the world. It's now clear the CIA could not have operated its program without their support. It says there's no doubt the high-ranking Bush administration officials bear responsibility for authorizing human rights violations associated with secret detention and extraordinary rendition. It's all going on under Obama, so there's no difference who's there, but front man is there. And the tunity that they have enjoyed to date remains a matter of significant concern. But responsibility for these violations does not end with the United States. Secret detention and extraordinary rendition operations designed to be conducted outside the U.S. under cover of secrecy could not have been implemented without the active participation of foreign governments. And it says the governments must be held accountable. To who? To who? I've got an article here where, and I mentioned it, uh, I think it was last week, a top officer in the U.S. military has come out and said that the U.S. isn't following the Geneva Convention. And he actually says Putin, their own military in, in jeopardy because therefore their enemies aren't going to hold the Kinjima Convention either, obviously. The states identified by the OSJI include those such as Pakistan, Afghanistan, Egypt and Jordan where the existence of secret prisons and use of torture has been well documented for many years. But their rendition list also includes states such as Ireland, Iceland and Cyprus. So Iceland, even little Iceland is involved which are accused of granting covert support for the program by permitting the use of airspace and airports by aircraft involved in rendition flights. It's like flying butcher shops, that's the impression I always get of them. Canada not only permitted the use of its airspace, but provided information that led to one of its own nationals being taken to Syria, where he was held for a year and tortured, the report said. 
and then he was not guilty. Iran and Syria are identified by the OSJI as having participated in the rendition program. Syria is said to have been one of the most common destinations for rendered suspects, while Iran is said to have participated in the CIS program by handing over 15 individuals to Kabul shortly after the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan in the full knowledge that they would fall under U.S. control. Other countries conspicuous by their absence from their rendition list. It says Sweden and Finland are present, but there's no evidence of Norwegian involvement. Similarly, while many Middle Eastern countries did become involved in their rendition program, Israel did not, according to the OSJI research. No, they never do to get some other country to do it, just like the U.S. Many of the countries on the list are European, Germany, Spain, Portugal and Austria are among them, but France, Netherlands and Hungary are not. Georgia stands accused of involvement in rendition, but not Russia. Some countries such as Poland, Lithuania and Romania hosted secret prisons on their territory. And it reports that the UK supported CIA rendition operations, interrogated people being secretly detained, allowed the use of British airports and airspace, arranged for one man, Sami al-Sadi, to be rendered to Libya with his entire family uh, when he was subsequently tortured and provided intelligence that allowed a second similar operation to take place. So a publication of the report appears to have been timed to coincide with the confirmation hearing on Thursday of John Brennan, uh, Barack Obama's choice to head the CIA. So, well, yeah, what can you say? These things, it's almost like we don't, it doesn't matter to us because, you see, understand, most of the news today, you have no direct input into doing anything about. It doesn't matter what it is. Have you noticed that? Have you already noticed that? All the news is always somewhere else or, or way up there into this new type of government that you have that doesn't even pretend to serve you because they changed it from that into authoritarian systems and they trained you over about 40 years, 50 years that this is a new system by propaganda until you, the new ones growing up all accept it I guess that's how it is it's, it's just like, you know, gravity it's, it's there by itself oh, that's clever and also it says, I'll put one too from Ireland on, on, uh, on their rendition as well. I'll put an article from then. It says, Ireland facilitated CIA renditions. It's from the Irish Times. And also, good news, it's all good news, isn't it? Cheapest Obamacare plan will be $20,000 per family, it says here. It says in the final regulation issued Wednesday, the Internal Revenue Service assumed that under Obamacare, the cheapest health insurance plan available in 2016 for a family will cost $20,000 for the year. It's from CNS. And it says the IRS's assumption that the cheapest plan for a family will cost us per year is found in examples the IRS gives to help people understand how to calculate the penalty they will need to pay the government if they do not buy a mandated health plan. I love democracy. because so many choices, eh? The examples point to families of four and families of five, both of which the IRS expect in its assumptions to pay a minimum of $20,000 per year for a bronze plan. That's a bronze plan, $20,000. That's like getting, you know, the, the, they might get you a stretcher on the floor for the bronze, bronze plan. They, they love this, this snowmobile too. It's, it's like your credit cards, you know, you get, you get all the way up from bronze up to platinum. You know what I'm saying? This is actually worked out by marketers for the psychology of the people. The annual national average bronze plan premium for a family of five, two adults, three children is $20,000. And it says the bronze will be the lowest tier health insurance plan available under Obamacare after silver, gold and platinum. They actually have that. Of course, I didn't, I didn't even read the whole lot, but I knew. Because I know marketing, you see, I, I studied these guys. Because you see, marketers work by Bernays. 
And, and he said lots about how the world is really run. And who runs it? Under the law, the penalty for not buying health insurance is supposed to be capped at either the annual average bronze premium of 2.5% of taxable income or $2,085 per family in 2016. Oh, is it wonderful, isn't it? You might even get, uh, you know, they might even cover your, if you've got a little, you know, knife wound, they'll put a sticking plaster on it for you, charge you a little, maybe less for that. You know, they won't bother operating on you for anything else. And, of course, it's all the big news, because the biggest thing that's happening in the world is, is to make sure that, we, that people who, who like to, you know, do pedophilia and stuff, are dressed like women, and they're guys, and I think it's so important across the world, they're allowed to do what they want, you see, as all cultures are destroyed under the new system. Because that's what it's all for, for those who don't get it, it's all up. Do you think they really care about people who are homosexual? And are guys that have to wear dresses to feel happy? Or, or women that want to be like guys. I mean, do you really think they care at the top about it? Of course they don't. This is all part of the total destruction and demolition of the cultures that existed and gave you uh, that, that terrible word called national, national culture. With a way of life, you see. It's all part of it. That's all it's for. Now, the Boy Scouts now, they flirt with uh, dishonor and destruction. It says, highly paid executives buckled to corporate bullying. And it's from the Washington Times. It says, uh, under consideration for a vote during a board of directors meeting beginning February 4, as a rule change that would overturn the Scouts' ban on openly homosexual members and leaders. I don't know if you've read all the, the amazing articles that have been out over the last few years on the homosexual pedophilia that's been going on in the Boy Scouts. So you understand? That's why you're looking for logic. You're not going to get logic. It's, to make, it's meant to make you angry too. Because you see, all this is part of the war on all of you. All of this kind of stuff. Where nothing makes sense, you see. And the reason that it all started too, because it was because a, a homosexual activist, and I think it was in the Guardian newspaper, got into all the big, uh, the, the, the money boys, the, top, the big corporations, they, they, they all give out to charities and so on because it's a tax write-off, but they pick who they want to do. But they give so much money to the Boy Scouts, you see. So they got the whole homosexual communities involved to attack them and get into the media. And The Guardian and another paper in the U.S., Independent, or one of these papers anyway, I'm not sure which one, uh, together published it all who's supporting the as-it-was-Scouts system. And then they start, what they do is, this, has been, this text needs to be used on anybody who speaks about things they're not supposed to speak about. They get to the big advertisers and start threatening them, you see, to pull, pull their money from whatever they're giving money to. The target, you see. That's how it's done. Everything runs on money. Everything. You run on money. The whole system runs on money. And governments run on money. And the guys who run the money run the world. That's, that's just the way it is, folks. But it's a war. It's a very good war. Remember, Theodorno went through all that again in the Frankfurt School of total destruction, total destruction of all the cultures. He went right down to there's nothing left of memory of what the previous culture was. That's what it's all about. It really is, for those who don't really get it. Now, I'll also be up tonight too, a woman who's done fantastic work and exposing this big push to destroy the cultures by things just like this, in fact, that is this topic here. And that's Judith Reisman, a PhD, who gives you videos, a lot of videos for those who can't read it anymore. And it says the Kinsey lie and its damaging effects is one. 
uh, adult entertainment, disrobing an American Idol, the Kinsey Syndrome. It goes into it in graphic detail, and you have to be, be strongly nervous because these guys paid, Kinsey paid pedophiles to uh, have sex with babies and stuff like that. They're not discussing. To change the culture. And to get also, too, to influence women. So they start to think, I'm missing out on what all these women are doing. He didn't tell you he was using prostitutes in his studies. So folk thought in the natural world, God, we're missing out on everything. And then, too, his book became the Bible for all the judges and courts. It changed everything in the courts. So I'll put that up tonight, too, for those who want to see it. And also, Nigel Farage, it says the UKIP on the increasing uh, European and Soviet Union similarities. But uh, I've said it for years. The, the, if you see the, the, the European Union and the massive parliament they have there, uh, it's the new Soviet Union. So Nigel Farage of the UK Independent Party uh, talks about the increasing similarities between the Soviet Union and the European Parliament, for those who want to see that too. Now, I don't watch many videos because I can't get the speed. I get limited. Actually, actually they punish me. They punish me for trying to watch just one five-minute video by satellite. It's owned by Hughes Corporation. It runs the military too, your satellites. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and to tie in with everything too, just coincidence of course. You find out there's nothing coincidental when it comes to media, believe you me, or stuff that's handed out to the media all at the same time. It's all connected, you see. It really is because all the media is connected together. Look at your TV channels and go from one news station to the next. It's all the same stuff. Same order too, because it all comes from Reuters. An API and so on. And, and it's, it's about two, two companies. It's really one company that runs it all for the whole planet. That's quite something. That's quite the power, eh? Anyway, it says, members of parliament in Britain have uh, approved same-sex marriage in England and Wales in a key commons vote despite the opposition of almost half the conservative MPs. The commons voted in favour of the marriage same-sex couples bill by 400 to 175, a majority of 225 at the end of a full day's debate on the bill. Now, all this is rigged in advance because, see, all the politicians, and I've done articles on them before, who backs them financially to get them into politics. And you can't get any politics unless these big boys back you. It's impossible. Impossible. And you do what you're told by them once you're in. That's really what it's all about. Forget all this, you know, democracy stuff. It doesn't exist. And it says here, the Prime Minister David Cameron has described the move. Now, obviously, this is, this is the wee phrases they give you from marketers and, and the script writers. Because that's what the script writers are trained in, you know, mass communication, which is chronology for marketing. Propaganda, right? So Cameron says it's an important step forward that strengthens society. And you're going, uh, what? What? What's that? And so I guess you'll all die off if you don't have children, eh? Maybe that's what they mean by it. Who knows, eh? But that's just the kind of phrase they give you uh, when they know it's not going to be popular with the general public. Because they don't serve the public. So they just tell you things like, an important step forward that strengthens society, you know? And that goes down in the history books. 
And it says the figures include two cabinet ministers, Environment Secretary Owen Patterson and Well Secretary David Jones, eight junior ministers and eight whips. I guess they're all into that kind of strange stuff, eh? Because we call them party whips over there. Oh, that's kind of kinky. Anyway, it says... Of the remaining Conservative MPs, 127 were in favour, 35 didn't vote, and 5 registered an, an abstention by voting both in favour and against. That's not bad, eh? <laughs> That's one hand for each. Uh, so there you go. That's the three. I'll put that tonight too, and the, the PDF of the bill itself. So the next step is, is to eliminate paedophilia altogether. I hope you understand that. Well, I hope you do, because they said they were going to do that years ago. And also... Uh, this one here too. Senate Bill 374 in the U.S. requires homeschooled children ages 12, 14, and 17 to receive a behavior health assessment, it says here. So, here you go. You understand, they said this too, uh, a long, or almost a hundred years ago, that, as I said, they would get the children, they'd get the leaders at school and all the rest of it. So, everybody must get trained with the same indoctrination, standardized indoctrination, which gives them their whole belief in, in what's going on about everything. And they can't have people getting homeschooled that don't also get what they call socialized. All these weird terms they mean brainwashed. They must be socialized, you see. So the proposed bill would require homeschooled children aged 12, 14, and 17 to have a behavioral health assessment. The healthcare provider performing the assessment would be required to complete a form designed by the State Board of Education verifying that assessment had been completed. Psychiatry again, into eugenics, see. Eh? Run your brains and run everything else, eh? And that's something. And just to show you where it's going, China, remember, is the model state for the world. One child policy enforcer in China, after he didn't get paid for a second child, this family, he just ran the child over and killed it. Got off with it, too. Shades of thing. That's, a, that's the progress. Cameron should add that in. It's progress. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, me, your God. Or your gods go with you.